on Sunday, the 18th of April, 2021, at 9.30 p.m. British Standard Time, it was announced across the world that 12 European football clubs have created a new European Super League. These consist of the English Premier League teams, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Man United, Tottenham Hotspur, from Serie A in Italy, AC Milan, Inter Milan, Juventus, La Liga, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona and Real Madrid. It is currently 12.39 a.m. on the 21st of April 2021 and after recent events, the European Super League seems to be in a state of suspension with the six big Premier League teams out of contention and the two Milan teams also seemingly out. That is where our conversation starts today. Well, good evening, boys. How, how's everyone doing tonight? More like good morning, eh? Good morning, the news we've all been waiting for. If it's morning, I'd be asleep by now. But, well, uh, it is 20 yeah. to 1. So, <laughs> um, here we are. Um, yeah, what a roller coaster past 48, 72 hours it's been across the world, not just for Premier League football fans, but for football fans. You know, worldwide, we had this whole European Super League that everyone was against. And here we sit where, at the current minutes, correct me if I'm wrong, Tubbs uh, and Keanu, but uh, there are only three teams left, and that are and those are the La Liga teams. So good for us, seeing that we support the, the Premier League teams. All of them seem to be out. As far as I know, Chelsea haven't released a statement yet. Uh, neither have Manchester United. Or the other remaining four Premier League teams have released statements. So, yeah, not of not of the best quality, just to put it out there. And secondly, it seems like the only team remaining is Real Madrid, from my latest understanding or updates that has been given. You know, they're also they're also the only team remaining from the European Super League still in the Champions League. I think. Um, these past few days have been, like Cameron said, absolutely rocky for football fans worldwide. Non-football fans out there would, wouldn't really understand, you know, the implications of what, what really went down and how we felt as football fans. But that's what we're here to do today. Welcome again to all of our concurrent listeners and to any new listeners out there. Hope, you are, hope you're ready for a wild ride because here we go. So boys, um, inform me. Let, let's inform all of our listeners again. What exactly was the Super League supposed to be? Besides a kingpin of a group of multi-billionaires coming together to line their own pockets and drag the biggest clubs in European football and drag their history through the mud. Besides that, it was meant to be a league of so-called elite clubs. Um, 
their plan was to have 15 founding clubs of which they would introduce five uh, new clubs every season to make a grand total of 20 and they would obviously bash it out for the title however it was fundamentally flawed to many football fans across the world because there would be no promotion or relegation for the founding 15 clubs um, I do know we mentioned 12 at the beginning but the European Super League we're going to appoint three three clubs yes um, namely Bayern, Porto and RB Leipzig uh, to which Bayern uh, said no Porto then responded no as well and Leipzig never really came up Wasn't but yeah, that Dortmund? was the gist of it uh, Dortmund were in conversation but they, they rejected it from the onset I've heard no stories about Leipzig here, but so, Keanu, from what you know of the whole situation, what tell me, tell us, you know, tell our listeners out there what you understood from the whole situation. Oh, to be honest, I think when this was announced, I went through various stages of emotion and, and shock because I couldn't fully comprehend what was going on. But in the end of the day, it was basically a Super League formed due to mismanagement from various other parties and complacency from other companies and Just I say do... the name of the companies. Just say no, it. I mean it's it's we can go on about UEFA, we can go on about FIFA, we can go on about Sky Sports, BT Sports, you can go even local broadcasting TV writers become the fundamental of football and money is running football and owners went out the way to basically make more money and keep the money among themselves and not share it to the lesser so-called lesser clubs and that is why it was formed there were a lot of players and clubs who are tired of how things were run and also tired of thing how things were managed. So they thought the best solution would to be to make their own tournament. But that's obviously backlashed due to the due to the fan base and the history which comes with the organizations which are Can I continue quickly? More than welcome. I think it's important for our listeners and for anyone out there who perhaps may not be as clued up on football. Football is a game for everyone. It's a sport that has been around for longer than most clubs. But football fundamentally is a game for the people. And this is why I say the whole European Super League was, again, fundamentally flawed, is because it became exclusive. If we look at form, there's no reason why Tottenham Hotspur should be there based on current form. There's no reason why Arsenal Football Club should be there on current form. It's going to pay me to say this, but there's no reason at the current minute why Liverpool Football Club should be there. There's no reason why AC Milan should be there. They've only just resurrected their terrible, their past, the past decade of European football for them hasn't been great at all. But what common denominator screams are loud with these 12 teams is the financial backing exactly financial backing if we look at the premier league teams arsenal stan Kroenke, american 
Chelsea, Roman Ibramovic. Correct me if I'm wrong. He, uh, Chelsea is run or managed by an American. It is run by Americans, but Abramovich is Russian. He works on. He's the main uh, financier of of Chelsea Football Club. Again, That's correct. billionaire. Liverpool Football Club, uh, FSG, American billionaires. Manchester United, Joel Glazer, American billionaire. Manchester City, United Arab Emirates. Oil money. Oil money. Oil money. Tottenham Hotspur, Daniel Levy. More American funding. And and it's just a common denominator across all these teams. Uh, Madrid, uh, Barcelona, Atletico, Inter, etc. It was just a whole big financial thing. And they were going to risk the history of all these clubs. They were going to risk the, the sheer probable collapse of domestic football from the Premier League to the Serie A to La Liga. And at the end of the day, it was just a big no-no for, for myself and uh, many other football fans included. Well, let me, just, let me just hop in here and just say that, yes, football is for everyone. Uh, I mean, it's not the only sport for everyone, but what, make, what sets football apart from many other sports out there is the way it can unite a group of people. I can recall multiple memories of when I was in... in um, you know, in school, I would say it's the most accessible sport, one of the most accessible sports out there. And we cannot break away from the story that was that has been told regarding the, I don't exactly remember the date, the, the exact year it was, but on the 24th of uh, December, coming close to midnight, there was a short, there was a ceasefire between um, soldiers on the front line of British soldiers and German soldiers, whereby they exchanged a heart, you could call it a heartwarming story amongst the hardships and turmoil of the war, where they were united by a game of football. You're talking about Christmas Day? That's correct. That's correct. And they played football, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I believe the term is no man's land? In between uh, their line, uh, between the offensive and defensive. Yeah, a, a beautiful story. Beautiful story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, that is one of the instances of football being able to unite people. The three of us can all uh, can all talk about our experiences of how we felt when we were all, when we knew that the World Cup was brought, was going to be held in South Africa in 2010, how we all felt when we when we saw the first game between South Africa and Mexico, when Simpiwe Shabalala scored that, that opener for South Africa, and then they eventually bottled it to a 1-1 draw, or was it a 2-1 loss? Uh, it was 1-1, but uh, I'll never forget Peter Drury. Goal for South Africa, goal for Africa, goal for everyone, or whatever the case uh, might have been. And I suppose... 2010 really showed how how football can really unite unite well, people. Not only not only 2010, but also 2014. Yeah, all, all, all World Cups, all World Cups. It's huge, and I think this just going back to the European Super League. I think we can see how this was such a big thing for fans around the world. We had pundits in the form of Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville. Gary Neville. 
and even Roy Keane, Mika Richards, and um, everyone was just totally against it. What I will say um, made me the happiest out of all of this. And it's it's very hard for me to say this, if you get what I'm going to say now, Tubbs. And I'm sure Keanu would support me in this. Liverpool fans do not like United fans. For everyone listening out there, we do not like each other. We merely tolerate each other. You just had to bring it back to that. But in the past 48 to 72 hours, not one football fan has said, I'm just focused on myself. I don't know about you. I was kind of low-key happy when you guys got that 1-1 draw against... Uh... Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> what I'm trying to say over here is that uh, it was so beautiful to see football fans globally put their clubs aside and put football first. Because at the end of the day, what is football without the fans? We've seen through COVID uh, the impact on players and clubs saying that we need the fans back. And the fans did this. Under no circumstances was this multi-billionaires coming together and casually deciding to, to, to end the European Super League. The fans did this. The players did this. So I just Klopp did this. I just uh, not, 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 not just them. I mean, you can't forget um, about all of that. Of course, you can't forget about all the other figures. Bamford. But let's let's not bring names into this. Let's just all agree that through a combined effort, we we're able to stop this. But I just want to quickly hear from you, Keanu, because you're be, you're you're hiding out there in in the background. Don't know what you're up to. But um, do you have any fond memories of football, of your own experiences with football, and? Tell tell me how what does what did all of this mean to you? What did this all European Super League mean to you? And how do you feel? How did you feel after the past during the past two days and now today, with us seemingly done with it? Once again, I had a different perspective on the whole situation, and that's why I am quieter because I feel that. There, I'm glad it is over and done with, um, except if something crazy happens in the next 24 hours. But I am happy it's over, and I'm happy the fans could have brought about the change. But I do not think, as I said in my introduction part of my conversation, I do not think it is over, because I think there is a reason it happened. Um, there's various stories going around why it happened. We can get to that a bit later on. but. For me, it's just about, I love the fans togetherness. I love that we were able to bring about a change. But I still think that people are overlooking the reason why all this occurred is because of the mismanagement of broadcasters, Premier League and FIFA, UEFA. And I just had a different view because I do think... Like people are missing the point about how the other companies or organizations are also greedy money grabbers. And the only thing that they hold in quotations is the history and the, of clubs because so many years of competition and years of rivalry and sporting highlights belong to them. So I am not for the Super League in any way, but I also still feel there's a lot of changes that need to occur 
because I still feel like it's the evil versus the evil in the end of the day because we want football to belong to everyone and to be the fans and for all but somehow some way it's actually ended up being not for all um, as we can see with the racism and all the other nonsense that happens throughout the world in football so I think that's a very important point though you, you are very right Keone you are very very right I think I would like to have a conversation on that topic that you brought up why did these four or 12 owners decide to do this? I think it's very important that, that we discuss this because it would be wrong to assume that one side is more right than the other because what did, etc., like you said, uh, various broadcasting companies and and leagues and whatnot and distribution of funds, etc., etc., and the alleged you know, corruption and whatnot, what must have forced their hand? Do we have bigger problems in the game that that should be sorted out sooner rather than later? I personally think so. What do you guys think? Of course, there are bigger problems in the game of football, but we tackle them one step at a time. This was something that uh, that just came out of nowhere. Of course, it was pre-planned and whatnot. Essentially, from what I've read up and what I've gathered is that, you know, um, this was spawned basically because these 12 big clubs were hoping to find a solution to get away from having UEFA dealing with all the major payouts they have to do, such as with the sports broadcaster, with example, Sky or BT Sport in the UK, wherever, in whichever country you can think of. And then... You know, after UEFA would distribute to the broadcaster, they'd distribute this money based off of performances to each club. So basically, these 12 clubs thought that they could just bypass all of this. Yeah, essentially, this is what, this is what um, you know, the whole meaning of, of football just fell away into greed. And that's what we've been seeing. That was the biggest complaint into this. I mean, there were quotes that were thrown out by... Um, Florentino Perez, the chairman of uh, Real Madrid and who was also supposedly the chairman for the Super League, he was making statements such as, if I remember, if I if I can recall correctly, there's lack of interest in, sp- in football in the younger generation. They'd rather play video games or something along the lines of that. Keanu, can you, can you think of any others? I know he was on a, on a little rampage of interviewing and making bold statements about the things but I would like to highlight a few pivotal reasons why things have happened I think people need to understand that the Premier League and the Champions League and all these big competitions are sold and viewed on the basis of the big teams so these big teams basically thought they could remove themselves from the lesser, if we could say so, leagues because they wanted to share the big pots of money among themselves, whereas in the Premier League you might play a lesser, so-called lesser team, and that would lower viewership, but it would aid another team because they are playing a top-six team. This is just in terms of Premier League, and you can look at it the same way in every single other league 
of the teams that participated. And then the second biggest mess up from what I've heard from or read and seen from players' reaction is the Nations League, which has caused players to play qualification and uh, pretty pointless international competition. And this is why, two pivotal reasons why they have decided to, how can I say, players have gotten upset Owners have gotten upset. They're not getting as much money as they should. People are spending millions and millions and millions of players and they are not getting back what they think they deserve because they have to share the money pot and the money pot among the other clubs, the broadcasters and, and, and. Just want to quickly fill in here by saying that, um, you know, what was the backlash upon uh, faced by these clubs? Basically, the players from the 12 breakaway clubs should be banned from all UEFA competitions as soon as possible. So that was, so just imagine you lose out these big names in Euros, UEFA Champions League, uh, UEFA Nations League, any UEFA competition, basically. And, ba- and it was also the same sentiment from, uh, from FIFA. Something else I just want to bring up is that UEFA were willing and preparing a lawsuit of 60 billion euros against the supposedly European super clubs. And that was that was per team. Yeah. But also something fascinating what eventually got these six Premier League teams to um, leave this uh, supposed tournament was the, the Prime Minister of the UK, Boris Johnson, claimed that uh, this was this was posted on Sky Sports News earlier that uh, Boris Johnson claims no action is off the table to stop the planned European Super League, saying the government was exploring all options, including new laws. And the thing is that every team in the Premier League also posts this. I don't know exactly what was the sentiment um, from the other clubs in from uh, La Liga and Serie A, I do believe that Real Betis was already saying that, uh, you know, if these teams were out of the La Liga system, then they would be considered second and they'd get the Champions League position. But it's just incredible to see how, you know, greed can just affect our sports that we love. I mean, major, major icons from our respective teams came out against us, such as Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, from Manchester United. Former manager Louis van Gaal also had some some few choice um, comments about this in 2016 already. Gary Neville came out uh, today. David Beckham. Current players such as Bruno Fernandes, Luke Shaw, Marcus Rashford uh, posted some images that was not, that was against the idea of a European Super League. So it just shows you that it's incredible what greed can do i don't know what do you guys think i i just personally think that we need to look at the facts i said it before when the news came out on sunday something was very fishy about this at the time i also mentioned that by no means are fifa and uefa's hands clean they've been caught out for corruption embezzlement and whatnot in the past not saying that that's what the new people in charge are doing. I'm just saying that it's happened before. 
And it just didn't really make sense because why would these multi-billionaires and they would have huge financial advisors make a decision, go ahead, and not even 72 hours later, it's come and gone. It just doesn't make sense. Um, it's also It was also thrown on Twitter, I'm sure you mentioned it, that, that UEFA made a lucrative deal to 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 the clubs to to leave so you're saying it's wrong that they went and joined the league so they could gain financially but the way you get them back is by paying them i still don't see how that benefits the likes of Leeds or even everton i mean they were busy they, they were in the process of building a 500 million pound new stadium with the ambition of playing in the, in the champions league exactly it just seems like yeah, you know, it's like you know, it's a constant. One side isn't more right than the other. Yeah, like we discussed yes, it. We discussed it before we came on as just like a wide conspiracy theory that who's actually behind this? Like, there's not too much coming out about who is the the in charge or who's except the clubs now. But who's organised this whole Super League thing? And for me, as a normal human, I would think if I'm so serious, like. 12 huge major clubs come together and they make a decision surely for that decision to be made and that to be reversed within the first 48 hours or 72 hours as it is now after being announced it's just very very even whatever backlash is received there should be some with like a withstand against what is being thrown at them and it just feels like they just gave up. I'm not saying the fans and all the icons have not done enough. They most certainly have. But it's just weird how these huge, huge organizations and clubs have just decided, well, all right, seems like everyone's upset, so let's just throw in the towel. So I feel like, as Cameron was actually Cameron's, he mentioned on Sunday when it was announced that this could all be like a little hoax or conspiracy theory to get everyone back on UEFA side and all happy again that, oh, Champions League football again? Can't wait. The fact is, Real Madrid Football Club, 900 and this, this million... And this is not fact. Uh, this is not 100% fact. This is what has been claimed. Well, not 100%. This is, this is what we've seen. Yes. Um, that's deemed to be true. Rumored facts. Barcelona, 1 billion in debt. And based on the tweet that I said earlier... It seems like these Spanish clubs want to go ahead with this European Super League, which is absolutely ludicrous because he's going to join it now. And it just seemed like that this European Super League was more like perhaps a ploy to get the biggest ballers or owners in European football to come together and bail them out. And it has substantially backfired. Um, it also is very interesting that Ed Woodward resigns from his UEFA position to take up a board position within the European uh, Super League. And earlier this evening, he resigned from Manchester United. So clearly it didn't work out for him. Again, why start it if it's deemed to, to be, be a failure? Was it always FIFA's plan to, to bail the teams out? Who knows? Who knows? It was also now Boris Johnson was mentioning this evening that... Uh, Premier League teams may follow a similar model that they have in the Bundesliga, whereby the people will own a majority share of their football club of a minimum of 
and foreign investment can only be up to and no more than 49%. So it's come and it's gone way too quickly to even make sense. And believe you me, I understand the power of the fans because you can have this whole Super League, but if you have it and with an empty stadium, what's the point? I know we're still within COVID, but this would only begin later this year or next year and God but willing. The Super League, but the Super League, they were they were already planning for it to start somewhere within August or even September. And this would have been running on a week in during the midweek concurrent to the Champions League. Look, I just want to give you my, my honest point of view. I think it would have been an interesting league or tournament, whatever they're trying to whatever they were trying to think of. It would have been interesting if it was something similar to like, I don't know, Euros or something that, yes, teams would qualify and whatnot. It would happen every two years or something like that. Or even if they presented it as a preseason tournament or something like that. If it had a better structure behind it and a better idea, I think people would have enjoyed the idea of it. But the fact that the fifth, these 15 teams would never be relegated just made it sickening. But um, I just want to quickly catch how we're feeling now with the aftermath of everything that has happened. What was our highlight and what were the lowlights of all of this? For me, the highlight was, you know, seeing that United, well, not only Manchester United, but the big six teams of the Premier League turned back on this idea. Um, one of the highlights for me from Manchester United was Ed Woodward, the vice exec- executive chairman of the of Manchester United, but he has uh, he will be stepping down. What else? I I just felt hurt during the entire situation. I had I felt hurt, I felt confused, and I just wondered these teams are robbing away the opportunities of other teams who actually fight to get to where they are today. You know, um, the, that's what I th- that's what I felt. That's what I thought. I remember when Leicester won the Premier League. I think it was 15, 16, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was a magical moment. The underdog team winning the big trophy, going all the way. Then when they made it to the Champions League, when they were able to have Champions League football at their stadium, that that must have been something amazing for those fans. And to rub that with something like, like a European Super League, it would have been just criminal, just anti-football. And I'm happy that it's over. Boys, what are your thoughts? I also thought it could have worked in the terms of if it came about as a Club World Cup uh, or some other kind of format they could have tried to work out. However, in this whole process, I've been confused most of the time because it felt unreal. Most of the time, it felt like someone has made a tournament on a on a FIFA and... I thought, okay, well, let's just throw all the big teams together and let's see what happens. So that was a bit hard to take. And then following the 180 turn we had today, I'm still quite... There's so many questions. I think we're seeing all these big people in clubs resign, stand down, because they they look like frauds. They look like idiots. Um, People are asking for people to leave owners to be removed but it's just to see uh icon such as lebron james arguably the greatest of all time basketball player 
go out and having small shares or various ownership of Liverpool um, type out accountability on Twitter. I think of his fellow fellow owners, FSG, I think that's quite a big statement. And not to be biased or just talk about my own club, but Liverpool put out a statement that was below, below part, was sickening to see how much effort and time they put into that. So I think there's going to be dramatic changes. I think it's it's embarrassment. It's sickening. It's I think people need to hang their head in shame about actually accepting the offer. And I think no one can ever bring about change in in any environment without at least informing people, educating people on the matter. I did think there was no turning back because how can we turn back if 12 major clubs have signed on? But somehow, once again, the conspiracy theory could be real. What? Any highlights? Highlights? Goodness. <laughs> um, not really. Eh? I can't really think of anything except maybe fans getting together. I think the fans and all the legends coming together to have a say and actually force a change was probably the highlight for me. Just shows what people can do if they stand together. But yeah, that is basically my view and my emotions. Cameron, what do you think, my man? Um, you know, I just feel us as fans are in a much better place currently. However, I do still feel that there are alarming, absolutely alarming situations that still need to be taken care of, whether it be with broadcasting companies charging people obscenely large amounts and almost holding them to ransom. You know, you want to watch your team, well then pay. We can't not tolerate one thing, but tolerate another. The same goes for what Patrick Bamford stood up for uh, with regards to racism and how broadcasting companies, UEFA and FIFA, have reacted in the past 48 to 72 hours. I just want uh, non-football viewers to know that Patrick Bamford is the main striker of Leeds United. Yes, and... Uh, he said after playing Liverpool yesterday in his post my conference, it's so interesting how these these big companies, uh, which I have previously mentioned in the likes of FIFA, U, FIFA, UEFA, and various broadcasting companies, throw their hands in the air. The same goes for the Premier League about these clubs leaving, but there's been little done to to stop the discrimination within the beautiful game that we love. So it's very much the fans and most people choosing the devil you know rather than the devil you don't. And in this situation, I will align myself with those fans. Um, I do feel that we have chosen the right side of history for now. And I do feel that going forward, things will have to change. This is still the best timeline. Oh, of course. Cam, what any highlights after the, all of the you know events that have part, taken place? The highlights for me would be the fans coming together. Um, it would also be pundits coming together, players coming together, just unity in general. And for once, everyone coming together and looking at this for what it really is: the love of the game first, and and that for me is is the winner at the end of the day. However, uh, I'm sure that we will have more conversations on this as as it progresses. It's only when, the early hours of Wednesday morning. 
and a lot has happened in the past 72 hours so i have no doubt that we will be talking again on on this topic on more to do with the broadcasting companies uh how various domestic leagues are going to solve solve this are there going to be ramifications for these for these 12 clubs and we'll have to see where the game goes from here very very exciting i want to quickly pop in there cam i want to pop in i'm sure we're going to probably have to extend another episode on this crazy time that's happening and going on in the world of football but i'm curious to hear last question for you guys where do the owners and shareholders and investors from these various clubs let's let's focus on the prem we have the most knowledge on the prem where do they go from here because we've heard now people want to sell clubs people need to leave fans want people out cronky fsg glazers maybe not as much from the other two as yet but we've seen big uproar about unhappiness towards them what what do you guys think just nice shorts and sweet what happens to them from here I personally feel if we look historically speaking and for our listeners out there by no means has this issue with Stan Kroenke and the Glazers just arisen overnight since Sunday evening. Arsenal fans and many football fans around the world have wanted Stan Kroenke out of Arsenal Football Club. I don't even know if he knows what football is, but but uh, I think he... He prefers the American football, seeing that he is the owner of the LA Rams. There was there was something tweeted by uh, by um, troops from AFTV, um, something about a clip from Vince McMahon from the WWE, where he was talking about Stan Kroenke, saying that uh, he should be arrested for impersonating a good businessman. So uh, that's an, it's an interesting oh. clip. And and United fans have wanted the Glazers out for for a long time. It's time to go, in the words of a fallen <laughs> of a fallen brother of all of us. Indeed, you know United fans have been split for many years on on the Glazers. So, you know the only real shocker would be uh, FSG at this current minute because before Sunday, everything was somewhat right as rain. A three sentence paragraph. And uh, the boys. fans and. You guys just got a small paragraph. I don't think we could say it much better than the than the chaps at uh, Redmen TV. The European Super League lasted 48 hours. Liverpool Football Club owners put out a statement that was 47 words. Uh, where does it go from here? I, I don't know for my club. I'd like to say FSG out, but who's... Where are we going to get that investment? It's it's vital that we have that investment into our club. For Arsenal, the fans will finally get what they want. But again, investment into the club. Um, but all of this depends on on um, Boris Johnson and whether whether this whole fifty one percent will will bear fruit or not. So a lot a lot to happen. Um, I, I do expect bigger and more in-depth statements, press conferences, and the works in the next uh, 12 hours or so from from the clubs and various shareholders and whatnot. So um, for our listeners out there, please do stay tuned. Uh, we will be discussing uh, the ramifications of, of all of this in, in due course. Exactly. As Cameron mentioned there, stay tuned with us on the Musings on 39 podcast. 
we will be discussing all of the news po uh, popping out everywhere on social media. Also, I just wanted to say, guys, we should not forget the only, well, the biggest uh, casualty from all of this, Jose Mourinho getting sacked again. You hate to see it, but that's him these days, eh? Just want to pop in there. I think it was for him standing up to something that he did not believe in, although he was messing up with some results. Anyways, so I just want to say, everyone out there, if you have not, please go listen to the other three episodes out now. There will be many episodes more to come and we'll keep you up to date and give our opinions on the various Super League developments. Stay tuned and thank you. And once again, that brings a, a conclusion to another great episode of the Musings on 39 podcast. I want to thank you once again, uh, Keanu and Goodwin, for joining me here tonight. To all our listeners out there, thank you for sticking it out with us. And I'd also just like to remind you to please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our links will be found on our link tree. And you can also find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you find your podcasts these days. Any final words, boys? Peace out and see you all soon. Football comes first. Money comes second. <laughs> Short and sweet from Keanu and a strong statement there from Cameron. And that's something else I want to agree with. We're all strong when we are all behind one, one common goal. Thank you once again, listeners. Have a good night.